Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. I am Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice in classical music, and I do again welcome you to this premiere show on my new radio station. Today's question I would like to ask all of you, and I will hope that I would get some callers. How were you exposed to classical music? I know that classical music sometimes gets the wrap up being in an elitist art form and, and that no one likes it or it's old folkish music. But I want to tell you how I was exposed to this beautiful music, and I do hope that I do get some callers. Well, I've always been surrounded by music all of my life. My mother sang in the church choir, and actually someone threw away an old organ. I mean, it was an old beat-up organ and I uh, retrieved it from the trash. Well, I would never know that, you know, from that experience, I would get this organ and would start listening to my mother play different various songs um, by ear, which were actually from the, the gospel tradition. And I would start playing these songs by ear, and then eventually that turned into me being able to play these songs um, all the way through and actually accompany her to sing many of these songs around the house. And... From that point, I was introduced to music through um, different church situations. I had started playing by ear and getting invited to different churches to play. But when I was in high school, I saw this beautiful, and I mean beautiful, African-American woman singing on television, and I always heard the name Kathleen Battle, but I never really put Kathleen Battle or equated Kathleen Battle to necessarily a African-American woman. But finally, I put the two together, and I would be in uh, one of the stores in my hometown. I think it was like a, a Peaches record store or something of that nature. And I would see a CD of Kathleen Battle sitting on a chase lounge with a long wine-colored gown, and beside her standing was Wynton Marcellus, the well-known jazz virtuoso as well as classical. And on this particular CD that I saw, it was called Baroque Duet, and it was the album that the two of them collaborated, you know, on Baroque music. And, and so that was my first introduction, real true introduction to classical music. I uh, bought that CD, and I was just enthralled by what I heard, this voice of Kathleen Battle just soaring, you know, hitting all these these notes of crystalline purity intertwined with the regal and majestic trumpet of Wynne Marcellus. And I was just taken uh, from that point. And most people who know me or follow me in other uh, settings, I would encourage you to follow me on Twitter at Patrick D. McCoy on Twitter. And you can also look me up on Facebook. But all of my friends who follow me, they know that I am just enamored. I'm just enthralled with Kathleen Battle. I have been a fan of hers for years. And so for me to get that CD and to listen to it and then now having, you know, met her in person, it just really is always a, a treat. But that was my introduction, true introduction to classical music. And then from that point, I would have all of these other wonderful experiences. Um, when I was um, – a teenager, I had a mentor named James F. Peake, Jr. Uh, when I would come out of high school, when I would get out of school for the day, I would always go over to the church where he used to serve uh, as the minister of music. And Dr. Peake, and I affectionately called him Jim even at that time, Jim would always 
let me borrow his CDs. He would have CDs, uh, all kinds of cool music CDs. And this particular person that really rung out to me was Robert Shaw. He had uh, all of the Robert Shaw, the major Robert Shaw cool um, discs. And when I used to borrow those CDs, one of the names that stood out on that disc for me was Marietta Simpson. Uh, she was actually one of Robert Shaw's most favorite uh, mezzo-soprano soloists. In fact, he was the one that gave her her initial debut at Carnegie Hall in the Alto Rhapsody by Johannes Brahms. And I would listen to these CDs of Robert Shaw, and I would always see this this name, Marietta Simpson, Marietta Simpson on the Bach Magnificat, Marietta Simpson on the Antonio Vivaldi Gloria, and I would just always see that name. And then it's sort of a full circle experience we now as far as classical music because now living here in Washington, D.C., I've been so honored and blessed to have been uh, in the presence of many great opera singers and, and classical musicians. Uh, in fact, uh, I actually had the opportunity to meet Marietta Simpson a few months ago. It just so happened that her sister, who is the acclaimed organist Evelyn Simpson Curitan, gave a concert at her church where she serves as organist. That is the historic Shallow Baptist Church on P and 9th Streets. Um, she gave a concert that featured her children, and lo and behold, Mary Etta Simpson was in the audience and did an impromptu solo. And then from that point on, um, I would hear her in recital. In fact, I heard her in recital at the Kennedy Center and, and have interviewed her. So it's a real full circle experience. But it's enough about me. I would really like to have some callers. I know this is a debut effort, and I hope that I can um, get more people to to get on and, and, and call because I really would like to know how you are exposed to classical music. I think that classical music is a, a beautiful art form, and it's a form of music that, you know, um, sometimes it gets discounted. I mean, it's really a joy uh, to perform. And living in Washington, D.C., there are so many wonderful artists who who are right here in this, this mecca, and not just solo performers. I speak of classical music um, ensembles and orchestras. Uh, you know, since living here, it's been a pleasure to go to the concerts of the Washington Chorus, which is just conducted by a phenomenal conductor, Julian Watner, who is not only a conductor, but he's a fantastic organist. He's a wonderful composer. I've also been to the concerts of the Choral Art Society of Washington, and just last week I was honored to um, interview Michael McCarthy, who is the director of music at the Washington National Cathedral, and I had the opportunity to interview him on the performances that he recently led the cathedral choirs in of Handel's Messiah. And speaking of Handel's Messiah, if you get a chance, if you live in the Washington, D.C. area, there are many performances of Handel's Messiah, but you must go to the performance at Shiloh Baptist Church. That's Shiloh Baptist Church located at 9th and Peachtree. Let me tell you something. You may have been to Messiah before, but that Messiah is a unique experience, you know, um, because I have been to numerous Messiahs, beautiful. The orchestra has played uh Splendidly, the choir sings, you know, you know, regally, and the solo is phenomenal. 
but it's just something about that uh, that experience at Shiloh. Shiloh is an African American church that really prides itself on having a stellar music program. It is under the direction of the legendary Thomas Dixon Tyler, who is here in D.C., who is known for leading uh, just exceptional music at that church. But at this point, they do Messiah in such creative ways. Uh, One year I went to Messiah, uh, they actually staged Messiah as an opera, more or less. They had it with costumes. They had, you know, backdrops and, and scenery and things. And it was just such a nice, uh, touch to it. Then one year um, following, they simply did Messiah with, with simple vignettes on the screen uh, behind you, so you could get a picture of the story uh, being uh, foretold in, in the oratorio. Now, some people probably would argue with that presentation because, of course, the oratorio with Handel's move away from opera to get away from all of the dramatic antics and the expenses of opera. But I just said all that to say that, you know, Shiloh is one of of numerous messiahs in town, but if you are in the Washington, D.C. area, I would encourage you to uh, attend that messiah, which is going to be on Sunday, this coming Sunday, and it's going to be at 4 o'clock p.m. at Shiloh Baptist Church at the intersection of 9th and P. Actually, it's right on the corner. Also coming up uh, in the city, uh, the Washington, uh, at the Washington National Cathedral, the Washington National Cathedral just really hosts um, a plethora of magnificent concerts. I mean, as I mentioned before, last week I was at um, the Washington National Cathedral and they did Handel's Messiah. This weekend they do their annual Joy of Christmas concert. They have a matinee performance, if I'm not mistaken, on um, Saturday as well as a 4 o'clock performance on, on Saturday as well. Um, they have several performances this weekend. I'll get you the details of all those performances. But that is a magnificent Christmas uh, event that you might want to go to. It's usually sold out. It's a popular event here in Washington, D.C. Uh, it is just a fabulous time to to get together and, and share in the joy of the Christmas spirit uh, with other people. It is just a wonderful, wonderful way to ring in, to ring in that Yuletide joy. Also coming up, uh, the Washington Chorus, under the conductor of the brilliant condu- the, con- the conductor, Julian Watner, who I mentioned earlier, they will present their candlelight Christmas concerts, and that's always a splendid uh, time as well. Uh, these concerts have just been uh, just really sold out, and they're really popular uh, events to go to. Uh, I always recommend, you know, seeking out different um, concerts. And, in fact, the Washington Post has a new Christmas CD out. So if you want to buy a, a gift or want to give a gift to someone that would be a unique, unique Christmas gift, I would encourage you to buy uh, the Washington Post Christmas CD because it is just a fabulous um fabulous contemplation of old and and new carols that are set freshly, uh, many of them arranged by the music conductor, Julian Watner, Um, and, you know, set with brass and and, and organ. It's just uh, a brilliant uh, musical experience. But I do want to get back to this subject of classical music. Classical music, it is a a must. It is a must that we continue to preserve this music. It is a must that we continue to cultivate and train young artists who seek to be in in this this genre. Classical music is 
for everywhere. It truly is. It's it's not uh, limited to social, economic status, race, or any of those other type of, of walls we like to put up. Classical music is for everyone. And particularly, you know, I really, as an African-American in classical music, I really hold high the banner of the young African-American artists as well who are doing wonderful, exceptional things, but they're not necessarily uh, getting their proper due. Um, I think of young artists such as the stunning tenor, uh, Lawrence Brownlee, who is just quite exceptional. He is perhaps the first African-American tenor at the Metropolitan Opera since George Shirley, and he is certainly... Um, and when I say the first African American tenor at, at the opera, at the Metropolitan Opera, excuse me, I'm speaking in terms of being the first star tenor. Of course, there are many tenors who are there, but he is the one that has really stepped forward in recent years to really be of, of celebrity stature. And so Lawrence Brownlee is one of those those persons. Another fantastic, uh, fantastic musician who I feel is a, a role model, particularly for young African-American males, is Morris Robinson. Morris Robinson is just one of the coolest uh, persons that you would want to meet, in particular in an, an, an opera singer. You would never imagine that he would be an opera singer. His background dictates so much otherwise. He was a former football player at the Citadel and really had no aspirations for music. It was more like a, a fleeting moment um, or just a passing thought. And it just so happens that through through chance and through divine intervention that his talent was discovered. And now Morris Robinson sings at many of the major opera houses across this country and Europe, including the Metropolitan Opera. So big up to Morris Robinson. That's the name that you might want to, to look up. Also, Janine DeBick. Janine DeBick is a stunning Trinidadian soprano. I was honored to hear her uh, under the auspices of young concert artists, here in Washington, D.C., and actually Young Concert Artists is the same group that provided the the debut, the Kenyan Center debut for the late Ben Holt. Ben Holt was a legendary baritone here in Washington, D.C., who died uh, very young in 1990. I have a call online, and I want to take a call just one moment. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Yes. Yes, is Hello? this the African-American? Hello? Hello? Hi, you're on the air. Welcome. Thank you. Is Are you the African-American voice of classical music and classical music? I, I am. Thank you so much for calling. Oh, you're welcome. Um, my name is Terry Allen, and I'm with the um, the Coalition for African-Americans in the Performing Arts. Oh, yes. Tell us more about your organization. Well, um, it was founded in 2002, and um, we bring color to the classics through classical music. Oh. But I just want to congratulate you on this this show, Mr. Patrick McCoy, and we're very excited. Um, I've been listening for the past few minutes, and I wanted to uh, just answer your, your question, what was my first introduction to classical music, and that was when I was sure. like a young girl, uh, just a, a little girl. My grandmother in Brooklyn, New York, used to play classical music all of the time on her Victrola. Oh, wow. <laughs> Could you explain what that is? Because some of the people in our audience, they might be too young to do. Just explain, you know, what, what was that type of, of player like to hear hear music on? 
Well, she she had, I believe they must have been 78s, um, were, which were big plastic discs. They called them records at that time. And, um, and uh, of, of course, she then started getting the 33s. But when I was a young girl, she played the 78 uh, records and all different type music, uh, not only classical but a variety of other music. But classical was certainly her uh, choice of uh, genre. In addition to that, the other uh, piece that I loved when I was a little girl, and I can remember this as young as being four years old, was Tchaikovsky's Peter and the Wolf. Mm. And because it, yeah. it's actually, yes, Peter and the Wolf was the first exposure to classical music for me, and then I also introduced my own children to classical music through Peter and the Wolf. Mm. Are your children performers? Yes, they are. Tell yes, me a little um, bit about them. Well, my um, I have two children that are both in, uh, musicians, and um, uh, my son is Victor Simonson, and he Oh, my is, goodness. Uh, I've heard of him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my you goodness. Much. You're Victor Simonson's mother? Yes, I am. Thank you. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You must be extremely proud of him. Oh, well, it's fun to have him as a son, and it's it's just just as fun to have my daughter, Pamela Simonson, as um, as my daughter. The two of them are just a, a joy. I call them my pride and my joy. Oh, my but goodness. They are- well, I'm going to have to move on to the next caller, but before I hang up, I understand that they are actually uh, presenting a concert. A source told me that your son and daughter are presenting a joint concert at D.C. Could you tell us about that very quickly? Yes, yes, absolutely. They are presenting one of their um, their first concerts in many, many years. It's going to be next Saturday, uh, December the 18th at 6 p.m. at the 12th Street Christian Church. That's located mm. on 12th Street in Washington, D.C., uh, it's a benefit concert, and um, the name of the concert is Hark, Hear the Bells. We're very, very mm. excited about that. Um, it's um, They have arranged all of the music, which is a variety of music, focusing primarily on classical music, but also at featuring some of Handel's Messiah, uh, some oh. other pieces, <laughs> carols, uh, jazz, as well as gospel. So it's a multi-genre co- uh, concert, but the focus is on classical music, and it would be a joy for your listeners if they could uh, stop by if they're in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. We would love to have them. Well, thank you so much, Terry, for calling. And again, callers, that concert is next weekend on the 18th, Terry, is that what you said? That's correct. That's correct. Next week on the 18th at 12th Christian Church. Thank you so much. We're going to move on to our next caller. Okay. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Patrick. My name is Titus. Hi. Thank you so much for calling. And how were you first introduced to classical music? Hi, um, glad to be on the show. Um, ever since I can remember, you know, watching cartoons, you know, you really are bombarded with classical music, you know, in cartoons and in advertisements. And looking back, you know, I must have heard Rada the Valkyries and Carmina Burana at least a thousand times before I knew exactly what it is I was listening to. But it wasn't until I was about 12 years old that I decided to pick up the violin, and I'd say for two years, and needless to say, that didn't get anywhere. But, uh, you know, all, all my life I can remember, you know, really being a fan of what I was hearing from the classical music genre. 
that is a wonderful observation. So basically, a lot of times people are listening or looking at television, and they're surrounded by classical music all the time and don't even know it. We don't even know. You know, it's just today. Um, I can't remember if it, what commercial it was for, but they were playing the Bell song from Lackney, and that's something that is shown so many times. I remember it was used in a British Airways commercial a few years ago. It was used in a uh, in some perfume commercials uh, years ago. But it seems like everywhere you turn, you know, we are, you know, listening, whether you want to or not, to, you know, great classical music. Mm-hmm. So, Tyus, do you feel that the level of, of public appreciation uh, for classical music is high, or do we have a long way to go still in that area to make sure that we preserve this, this art of music? Well, you know, as far as preserving, I think that there um I think that no matter what instrument you play or no matter what uh, genre of music you want to go into, you're first going to have to study the basics. So you're always going to have to go back to the Mozart and the Wagner's and the Vivaldi's, no matter what you're doing. Um, and as far as bringing it to the mainstream, I do believe that we have a long way to go. You know, classical music and opera, you know, especially opera, has very elitist sort of, uh, uh, you know, really a not accessible image to it, and, and it's so not true because so many of these stories and so many of the people in these stories are just, you know, uh, these stories are just so common and they relate to every, you know, man and woman. And I would love for, you know, opera to, you know, get out of the opera house and into the schools and onto television once again. And I, I really want people to get excited about, you know, about classical music. Mm, That's a wonderful observation because as a former public school music teacher, I know that funds are being constantly cut in the arts, and particularly yeah. in music, and so that is a wonderful observation that you made. Now, I mentioned that you said you play the violin. Are you currently still performing? Um, and if so, what is your, your favorite composer to play? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not playing anymore. I played that for two years in school, but I will say that I gave a recital at my graduation, and we played selections from Ode to Joy and a few French folk songs. But no, my 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 violin career was uh, was it was really short. But I wanted, I really wanted, and had the aspirations to be the next Vivaldi. But needless to say, it didn't happen. <laughs> oh wow! So if you had to introduce someone to classical music, if there was one composer that you felt could be an easy accessible introduction for someone who knew nothing about classical music, what composer would you think that would be? Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I could just introduce them to one composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, certainly if we're talking about, you know, late 20th century, you know, Wagner and Strauss are very influential. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as far as American, you know, is concerned, there's uh, Gershwin. Um, I don't know. It, it just all depends on what they really have an ear for. But, you know, there's so much great music out there. And I really wish, you know, speaking as an African-American, the more African-Americans were on board, not not just so much in listening to classical music, but being exposed to this culture and really, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that, you know, we as a people can do more than, in a hip hop and R and B, and not that I'm saying that there's anything, anything at all wrong with with us doing that, but there is another world of music that is out there, and that we have been a part of since day one. Right. Well, thank you so much, Titus, for calling, and you have a great day. Yeah. 
So you just heard from two wonderful callers. I want to thank them for calling. If you notice, we heard from Terry. And actually, as I did some research on the Internet here, Terry, um, she mentioned a group called Coalition for African Americans in the Performing Arts. And as I looked it up just now, Coalition for African Americans in the Performing Arts is a wonderful organization that she actually co-founded with her children, Victor and Pamela Simonson the two that she mentioned that will be doing a joint concert. But at any rate, the organization is committed to bringing color to the classics. Wow, you just don't know who might call. That is a wonderful, wonderful contribution that she is making. And then Titus, a young man who obviously has a high appreciation for, for classical music, he was just a joy to speak with. And I do thank those two callers for calling to talk on our topic of what was your first introduction to classical music. Again, I want to say thank you so much for my listeners for joining me for this first effort for my new venture in bringing um, information about classical music to the entire community. I am Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music, and I welcome you to follow me on Twitter at Patrick D. McCoy and also on my column on examiner.com, which is called the Kennedy Center Examiner, which will be formally called the Kennedy Center Examiner. But if you would go on Kennedy Center Examiner on examiner.com, you will find a plethora of all of my articles. Again, thank you so much for joining me, and I hope that you have a great day.